0: Visit OpenBibleNJ.org for more information. Thanks again for joining us today. Now enjoy the service.
1: Amen. Hey, if you have your Bibles, join me in uh, Genesis, if you would, chapter number 32, Genesis chapter 32. Now, next week, and and Bob Smith and I were talking today, and Bob said to me that it's okay to say if the Lord wills, right, Bob? So next week, if the Lord wills, and somebody say, He will, <laughs> we're going to start a we're going to start a little couple of weeks series. It won't be real long, but just a couple of weeks. Uh, we're going to talk about eternity for all. Eternity is not just for some. Eternity is for everybody. Say amen right there. Yeah. Somebody say, I don't know what you mean. Thanks, Raj. Explain. you got to come back next week. So we'll we'll start a little Bible study next week on the subject, eternity for all. Okay? And uh, and God created the soul of humankind to live for eternity. You're aware of that. Um, Not every person will have eternal life. Right? Uh, But they will live somewhere for eternity. And so we're going to talk a little bit about eternity for just a couple of weeks but I, I want I to do this tonight. I want to finish what we started a couple weeks ago. We started looking a couple weeks back, if you remember, we started looking at, at common difficulties that we experience. And we all experience it, right? Negative circumstances, difficulty of some sort. You know, uh, Bible talks about things being common to man. We all go through it. At some level, we all go through it, right? Uh, technically, there's a technical term for it. The technical term for it is... Adversity, you know? So when we do these studies in this setting, you know, in a church setting, we talk about how, pay attention right here, how God uses adversity in our lives. And we we know what it is, right? We know it's difficulty. We know that it's uh, it's an adverse circumstance. It's not pleasant. Sometimes it's not welcome. It's not invited. It's not easily entreated, you know? Uh, But nonetheless, we go through it. Uh, going through it only helps, now pay attention to this, going through it only helps if you understand it, if you understand why you're going through what you're going through. Sometimes, folks like us, sometimes we get bitter, we get upset, we get angry, you know, uh, we have doubts, you know, and, and, and I think we don't, like to, we don't like to let on, but I think we question God more than we, we'd like others to believe. You know, because we don't understand everything. And it's true that sometimes those of us who, we love God, we live for God, we walk with God, we try to serve God, and we try to do our our very best. But even even sometimes people like us, we go through the fire. Right? You know? And and we all have our testimonies of that. But understanding it helps. And so a couple weeks ago, we began a little Bible study here. And uh, we, we began to notice how God works behind the scenes in all of this. And, and there's good reason for it, you know? And we gave you a few of them. You, can, I, can I just bring them up again, throw them at you again? Uh, we said this. Sometimes God uses that difficulty, um, that adverse circumstance. Um, anybody, know, anybody got notes? You want to help me with it? To get your attention. To get your attention. Why would that be necessary? Why would it be necessary for God to allow and, yea, maybe even send some trouble into my life to get my attention? (laughs) Because he doesn't have it already. Because something's distracted me. Because the world we live in is distracting. Isn't that right? And the best of us, and this is the best of us, by the way, the best of us get distracted. The best of us wander, right? Come on, get with me, church. Sometimes we just get distracted. And, and God doesn't want us to get that far away. And so what he does is he'll just send some of that difficulty our way to do what? Just, just get our attention, grab our attention, right? Another reason we gave, do you remember? To show us it shows how much he loves us or to keep us on the right path, <laughs> right? And you know how he does that? According to Hebrews chapter number 12, he does that through chastening. Right? And so God will send that difficulty, that adversity into our lives, and yay, yay, to get our attention, but sometimes to get us back on the right path. And just to prove to us that he really does love us. Because you know what? Father doesn't chasten their child if that father loves that child. Correct? And then we gave another reason, and we said that sometimes God will send that difficulty into our life, that adverse circumstance our way, that trouble our way, to cause us to maybe be reflective, maybe to kind of pause, slow down, listen a little bit, and maybe, maybe do a little introspect, or maybe self-examination, right? Did you ever have to do that? You know, where something comes upon your life, and man, all of a sudden it slowed you down, you know, you were hip, hip, hooray, you're on top of the mountain, everything's going great, all of a sudden adversity comes, and it causes you to step back a little bit and reevaluate You know, why am I doing what I'm doing? Why aren't I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? And so God, you know, sends, allows trouble, difficulty, adverse circumstance to come our way for good reason. But I want to give you another one tonight and close out with it, if if, if you don't mind. Uh, Many times, you know, God will use ordinary things, uh, common things, you know, to do some great things in our lives. And there's a story... And we're going to get to that Genesis text in a moment. But there's a story in the Bible over in the book of Exodus, chapter number 3, that I find fascinating. And it involves a fellow named Moses. Remember him? Moses. And, and, and Moses suffered some real uh, difficult circumstances in his life. You, you read through his life, haven't you? You at least watched the Ten Commandments, right? So he, he's had, he had some real difficulties uh, occur in his life. And I, 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 and I liken to this, I believe the Lord was using those difficulties, To so pay attention right here, to direct him. So sometimes God will send or allow, permit that trouble, that adverse circumstance, that difficulty, to come your way, to enter into your life because he's trying to direct you. And when you look at the life of Moses, you can see how that worked. Uh, Exodus chapter number three, don't turn there, but in that story, you find the burning bush event. Isn't that a great story? Right? Think about it. You know, uh, all of a sudden there's a, a common bush. Hey, Rich. Hey, Rich. Stay with me tonight. Okay, don't be distracting to me. Uh, there's, there's a bush, and the bush is set on fire. But it's not consumed. Right? That, that's, that's unusual. When's the last time you've seen something like that? By the way, I do like, Brother Bob, I do like those bushes called the burning bush. You have a lot of them around here in New Jersey, right? You know, you may know what I'm talking about. You've seen them, burning but They're beautiful, but really, it's not a, the bush is not on fire. But in chapter number three, it's a wonderful story. In it, uh, you know, we enter into the life of Moses. In chapter number three, he's in the backside. He's he's just out uh, about, and all of a sudden, there's a bush that's on fire, but the bush is not consumed, right? And as you as you continue to read, what happens is this. Uh, God is att- Now, pay attention right here. God is attempting to draw the attention of Moses. Did you get that? Huh? He's trying to get his attention. And, and uh, you know, he, he, of course, when you read the story, God's reaching out to Moses. And interesting enough, Moses goes over and stops at that bush. And the Bible says something like this, when he does... God calls out to him. Huh? As he's walking in life, you know, the bush is burning. God doesn't call out and say, hey, Moses, look at this. Right? That's not how it goes. That's not, Raji, that is not why Moses stopped to see that bush. The reason he stopped to see that bush is he was living his life with an open eye. And he observes it. And as he goes over and approaches it, <laughs> that bush speaks to him. God speaks to him out of that burning bush. Right? Are you with me? And, and man, what a, what, a great, what a great story that is and what great practical truth we can gain through that. Where at times in life, we need to make sure we keep one eye always focused on the Lord. Yes, always to, you know, just, to, just to figure out what he's trying to do in us, for us. With us, you know what 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 he's up to, you know that lesson to be learned. And when you look at the life of Moses, and that's not really what we're going to talk about here tonight, but it kind of goes in what we're with, with, with what we're saying. We have to give him some credit because he does. He's he's living life with an open eye. He's living life with a tender heart. You know, and I think that's important, isn't it? As 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 God's kids, you know, we have our eye peeled, on, and then our heart is tender. To his, to his movement. I said this to you last week in the morning when I pray, I promise you before I read my Bible, I pause, I reflect, I have a little prayer, and I'll say something like this, Holy Spirit, would you please speak your word into my life this morning? I need to hear from you, you know? And I'll promise you this, there are times I pray that prayer and I go to reading, and I got to, five, 10 minutes later, I got to get my attention back because I'm thinking about what I need to do today you know, or how good that wah-wah coffee's going to taste in about an hour, you know, and I got to keep pulling my attention. Are you, ever happened to you? Huh? Holy Spirit, please speak your word into my life, but then I got to do my part and have a tender heart, you know, and so to his credit, an open eye, a tender heart, and, and really he had a genuine faith or a genuine trust in God, you know, and God kind of gets his attention, and you know what happens next in his life, right? God sends him back to Egypt, and not long after that, we have the Exodus. Isn't that wonderful? What a great story. All because God is going to work in a a fellow's life. He brings some adversity, now he's on the back side of the desert. He's no longer a prince in Egypt. Now he's a shepherd on the back side of the desert, you know, but God's got some clear direction for him, you know, and he's gotta work in some, some specific way to get it to him. So what does he do? He brings some difficulty in his life to get his attention, you know, just to prove his love for him. You know, he begins to look inside and God begins to direct him. Wonderful story, isn't it? Huh? But there's another story and that's found here. By the way, I had a, I got this thing on here. Let me put this thing on here. Uh, Here we go. Genesis chapter 32. Look over there with me and I I want you to pick this up. In beginning verse 24, we'll look at verse 26 in a moment. And Jacob was left alone, Genesis 32 verse 24, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. That's interesting, isn't it? Did you ever read this text before? Anybody, anybody want to take a guess at who that man was? John? Hmm. pretty good. What say ye? What do you think? John on to something? Kevin, what do you think? Pretty good interpretation, huh? Amen. An angel? Angel of the Lord, right? So, no, no. But you know when you, when the Bible talks about the angel of the Lord, who's it a reference to? You know who it's a reference to, Rich? Who? God himself, the Lord Jesus Christ, right? so, look at it again. And Jacob was left alone, and there wrestled a man with him until the breaking of the day. Right? Can I tell you the best way to interpret one verse of Scripture? Yeah, just keep reading. (laughs) Just keep reading. It usually explains itself. Look what happens. And when, when he saw that he prevailed not against him, he touched the hollow of his thigh, and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was at a joint as he wrestled with him. That's interesting, isn't it? Huh? Right? So now now he's injured. So Jacob is wrestling with this man, and this man injures him just by touching the hollow of his thigh. And verse 26 says, and he said, let me go for the daybreak. And who's asking to be let go? The man. The man, the angel. Or as John said, you know, a theophany or a Christophany. Right? You know what a Christophany is, John? What's a Christophany? You just you just said it. Just repeat what you said. Yeah, that's good. Right? So it's a it's we we would the, the Bible definition would be a pre-Bethlehemic appearance of Christ. So before he was born, before he took on flesh, he appears. That's a Christophany, right? And you mentioned that, that ref- verse there in Daniel. That reference is Daniel, right? What happens in Daniel? You remember Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego are where? They're in the fire, right? And, the, and, and, and somebody reports to the king that they see how, how many walking around? And the fourth was like? Son of man, son of God. Huh? Again, Christophany, right? And so... And so, the, the angel wrestling, you know, with, with Jacob says in verse 26, this is the angel, this is the man speaking, let me go for the daybreak. And Jacob said, look at this, I will not let thee go, except thou bless me. Huh? I find several things absolutely striking about that few verses. The first is, the first is, here's a man wrestling with God. Huh? Do you ever wrestle with God? Come on, be honest. Be honest. Now there's a difference between fighting with God and wrestling with God. Right? I wouldn't, I honestly would not suggest you fight with God. You know, that's a, that's a losing situation. Wrestling with God is a different story. Because sometimes we wrestle with things. Do you ever wrestle with a big decision? I mean, yeah, it's not like you're rebelling, you know, it's not like you you don't want to comply, you're just uncertain. You know, and you're wrestling about it. Maybe you're up late at night. You're getting some counsel. You just can't figure. You're wrestling with it because you don't want to make a mistake. Say, help me here. You you don't want to do wrong. I mean, you you don't want to mess up your life. So you're wrestling. Jacob is wrestling, you know, with the Lord. He's not fighting with him. He is wrestling with him. And I love it when he says, I am not going to let me go. I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Isn't that a great truth? I'm not going to let you go until you bless me, is what he says in that, in that text of Scripture. And I thought about this. You know, Jacob kind of understood that if he can just hold on long enough, something was going to take Of course, he calls it a blessing, right? He said, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. And, and, and I think about this. Sometimes, sometimes we just need to hold on long enough. Because if we do, blessing is on the way, right? Uh, maybe a breakthrough, a breakthrough is on the way, right? You just hold on long enough, the answer is on the way. You hold on long enough and, and direction is on the way. You hold on long enough and provision is on the way, right? You know, a lot of times in life we wrestle with things. And really the only answer is just just, just hold on. Hold on. I've asked, sometimes I ask people this question, so how you doing? And there have been times somebody will say, hanging in there. Right, did you ever get that response? How you doing? Hanging in there. And if I know the person well enough that I could respond this way, I'd say, well, just hold on, man. Don't let go. Now, I usually don't say that if I don't know you, because that might be a little sarcastic. You know, how you doing? Hanging in there. Now, hold on. Don't let go. Just hold on long enough. And sometimes in life, that's where we find ourselves. We're just holding on. And if you hold on long enough, there's a breakthrough. If you hold on long enough, you know, you see God do some wonderful things. And sometimes it comes down to this. It's just every, pay attention right here. Every day, it's just us doing what we're supposed to do. Right? I mean, how do you make it? How do you make it to next week? Well, today you do what you're supposed to do. And tomorrow, if God gives it to you, Lord willing, Brother Bob, you do what you're supposed to do. And if there's a Friday in your forecast, do what you're supposed to do. And if you make it to Sunday, do what you're supposed to do. And guess what? Monday's next week. Well, really, Sunday is the first day of the week, right? And then it's just day by day, you do daily what you're supposed to do. And isn't it true that sometimes you just don't want to? what's the alternative? You just do what you're supposed to do, right? So here's my question that I want to kind of leave you with some thoughts with. How, how, How do you hold on and not let go? It's easy to say, right? Somebody comes along, hey, Dave, how you doing? And Dave says, hanging in there. And I say, hold on. And Dave walks away saying, yeah, thanks for that. You know, that's what I'm trying to do, man right? And so, how do we hold on? Is there, is there some advice? Is, is there some truth? Is there a lesson? Is there some help? Uh, Pastor, can you give me a suggestion as to how I can just hold on for that blessing? Well, right from the life of Jacob and right from this text, let me make three suggestions, and then, and then we'll finish our Bible study. Look at verse 9, verse number 9. Uh, 32, chapter 32, verse number 9. And Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham. Now, Abraham was his grandfather. Who was his father? I'm not trying to trick you. Isaac. <laughs> A- right? So Isaac had Jacob and Esau. Come on, class. Yeah, every time I ask a question from the podium, I think somebody thinks I'm trying to trick them, you know? No tricks here, right? So he says this, Jacob speaking, and we're in in chapter 32, verse number 9. Jacob said, O God of my father Abraham, God of my father Isaac, the Lord which said unto me, return into thy country and to thy kindred, and I will deal with thee, right? He says in verse number 10, I'm not worthy of the least, but look at verse 12. Verse 12, and thou said, I will surely do thee good. Do you know what Jacob's doing right there? He's reminding God of something God promised him. Remember you said, look at, look at it again, verse number 12, and thou said, I, surely, I will surely do thee good and make thy seed as the sand of the sea, which cannot be numbered for multitude, So you know what Jacob's doing here? Jacob is reminding God about a promise that God made to him, made to his father, made to his grandfather, the Abrahamic covenant. Jacob was one of the patriarchs, right? And so I jotted down just a a real simple suggestion for us. One way by which you and I can hold on when we're going through a tough time, hold on when we're really wrestling with life, is to just trust the information that God has given us. Information will help us to hold on. And I'm telling you something, you and I, we got some information. Isn't that right? We have a Bible filled with God's Word. And really, we have God's Word on every subject. Isn't that right? Now, let me ask you this question, and some of you theologians help me with this, because I'm really not sure. How many promises, Kevin, how many promises are there in the Bible? How many have you heard there were? Hundreds? Oh, you, you chickened out, Kevin. Brother Preacher? Brother Riddell? How many have you heard that there were? Promises, Promises in the Bible. 1,600? Jason, what do they believe down in Florida these days? How many, Jay? Um, little over 8,000? And and the reason I ask that, because really we don't know, uh, because it comes in, like Kevin would say, hundreds, you know, uh, a little over 8,000. It all depends on who you ask. Some say 7,000, 8,000, 10,000. You know the answer to that? There's a lot. There's a lot. And and a lot of the lot were made to us, you and I. Now, some of them, honestly, some of them really, you can claim it, but it really doesn't pertain to you. You know, but, but most of them do. And you know what that means? That means you and I, we have God's word on it, right? How, how, preacher, how can I just hold on? You got to get some information. What information? Uh, the promises of Almighty. Can I just give you two? Two of the top promises of Almighty. Number one, salvation. Yeah. Salvation. If you can't hold on to anything else, hold on to that. Hold on to the fact that, you know, I've been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And one day, because of that, I'm going home. And I I don't mean to a certain address here on earth. I mean to my heavenly home. Next week we're going to talk a little bit about eternity, our heavenly home. Uh, That's great information. We, We are saved. And this is all going to come to pass one day, right? And isn't it going by quick? Right, I mean to tell you, you just blinking, you're another ten years older, you know. Uh, and man, heaven, heaven's real, and one day we're going to show up there, and 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 that's one of the great promises of Almighty. A second, a second promise is abundant life. Right? He said this: I've come to give you life, and life more abundantly. Now I'm not sure how you describe abundant life, but I never, I never, Dan, I never think of abundant life as being. Miserable, where you just gotta, you know, every single day just drag along, and man, it's a drudge, and I'm in this rut, and I don't see abundant life that way. You know, I think it to be to where even when you got, you know, difficulties occurring, you can still have the joy of the Lord. You can ex- still still experience Almighty God. You still have the presence of the Lord upon you. Are you with me? Promises. So, so, so Jacob says, the, you know, the Lord says, man, let me go. And Jacob says, I'm not going to let you go until you bless me. Until you bless me. What was it that was causing him to hold on? He had a promise. Jacob had a promise. God had promised to, to give him land and multiply his family and make him a mighty nation. He promised to bless the world through him. Think about it. And by the way, look here for a second. We're blessed through him. So what do you mean by that? Well, where do you think Jesus came through? He came through that bloodline, and we're blessed by him. So how, how do you hold on? You know, how can you just say, well, I'm not going to let go? I'm just not going to let go. You need some information. But I think this, when you, when you look at the life of, of Jacob, I think he had something else. Look at chapter 32 again. And notice verse 28, uh, if you would. I'm going to read uh, verse 26 uh, and 7. He said, let me go for the day breaketh. And he said, I will not let thee go except thou bless me. And he said unto him, what is thy name? And Jacob's, and he said, what? Jacob. Jacob. Right? What is thy name? Jacob. And look what happens in verse 28. And he said, thy name shall be called no more Jacob, but what? Israel, for as a prince hast thou power with God and with man and hast prevailed. You with me? You're you're no you're no longer just going to be Jacob, the son of Isaac. No, we're going to change your name, and now your name is going to be Israel, right? Up to this point, you know we already had a pretty big family. You're aware of that, right? When he left his father-in-law's house, he left with two wives and two concubines and 11 sons and a couple of daughters, right? Huh? Pretty big family. Then they have a 12th son. Benjamin's the final lad. And you know this, you know in the process of time, you know this, those 12 boys become, you know, tribes, and they're turned into the nation of Israel. Isn't that Right? Huh? Uh, when you read on down in, in verse number 22, it says, and, "And he arose up that night, took his two wives, his two women servants, his 11 sons, and passed over the 4J book, and he, and he took them and sent them over the brook and, and, and sent them over that he had." In other words, in other words, Jacob had motivation. What's it take to hold on? you know, and not let go, information, but also motivation. In other words, John, there, was, there were some people depending upon him. And that was motivating, right? Wh- what is it that motivates us? Well, for me, for me I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm a husband of a great woman. I'm the father of, of four children. i got three sons-in-laws and six grandchildren. And I'm going to tell you something, Brother Smith, they're depending on me. And, 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 and there have been times when I thought to myself, man, you know what? I haven't had enough of this, this ministry stuff. I'm tired of, of just giving my life to people. I'm worn out. And, and I just, man, I tell you, what motivates me, what motivates me many times are the people that are depending upon me. And you know what? As a pastor, I've seen and so have you, Brother Preacher, many men who have pastored churches and built up a congregation, and those people love them, respected them admired them, and then that preacher took a fall, and when he fell, he not only hurt himself, of course, the Lord and his family, but he really hurt that church, right? And I'll never forget having to go and talk to a church, Jason, you remember back in the day, and telling a church on a Sunday night, now think about this, uh, church, I had to go to another church on a Sunday night and tell them that their pastor fell into sin and he'll he'll no longer be their pastor. And it was a very small church. I think they may have had about 50, maybe 50 people there that night, maybe maybe 70 people down. And I'll never forget standing at the pulpit and sharing with them. And I was broken because the preacher that fell into sin was my friend. And, and I had to tell them that their pastor fell into sin. I didn't give any details. And, 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 and they just started to weep. They just wept. You know, now they're without a pastor, and, but they love this guy, and they love his family, and, you know, and but he was done. He was done. Uh, and I thought, I thought, that fella Kevin, he lost his motivation. What is it that will help us to hold on longer and not quit information? I got the promises of Almighty God and motivation. There are people depending upon me, and I don't want to let them down. Hello? And I hate to say that the Lord's depending on me because He's not. He can do it without me, but I don't want to let Him down. I don't want to get to heaven one day, and man, I got to give an answer for the way I broke people's hearts or misstepped and led people in the wrong direction. That'd be terrible. Don't you think? And then I see one, one final thing, and we, we've read it a couple of times, but I'm going to look at it one more time just to prove the point. And that is in verse number 26 where he said, I will not. He, he said, I will not. You know what that statement is? I will not. That's determination. What do you need to hold on until, you know, you get a breakthrough, until there's, until there's direction, until there's clearing, until there's I tell you what, you you need information, motivation, and determination. I'm just not gonna let go, right? I'm just not gonna quit. Not gonna do it, right? I love it when it says about, you hear this about something, boy, there's no quitting that old boy. There's no quitting that old girl. I like that, huh? Because today we quit anything at any time for any reason. Doesn't take much, huh? Just a contrary wind. And we're out. I'm done. I'm over it. Say amen right there. Huh? But not Jacob. I will not. Sheer determination. I will not let go. Isn't that awesome? Now, he blesses him, right? Because we read there in, in that passage of Scripture that, you know, he changes his name to, to Jacob, makes him a prince. And then read read down just a little bit, if you would, in verse number 29. And Jacob asked him and said, Tell me, I pray thee thy name. And he said, Wherefore is it that thou ask after my name? And he and he blessed them there. And Jacob called the name of that place Peniel, for I have seen who? Remember I said a little bit ago, just keep on reading. Just keep on reading. And the best commentary on the Bible is the Bible. Just keep on reading, right? Uh, and, and then it says this. In verse number 31, and as he passed over Penuel, the sun rose upon him, and look what it says, he halted upon his thigh. You know what we would say? That old boy was walking with a limp. He was walking with a limp, and God just touched him in such a way as he was wrestling with him, as he was blessing him so that Jacob would never, ever, ever forget that moment. And for the remainder of his days, Jacob walks with a limp. Huh? uh, Say, Pastor, how does that, how do I, you know, make that a reality in my life? It might be this. It might be things may not always be as you expect them to be. Did you get that? He says, I'm going to hold on. you got to bless me. I'm going to bless you, but for the rest of your days, you're going to walk with a limp. Why? As a reminder of how much you need me, as a reminder of this very moment. Don't ever forget what I've done for you. And things don't always go the way we desire them or expect them to go. Correct? Huh? I never thought that I'd be finishing out my life, Jason, in the great state of New Jersey. And I do say, humbly, the great state of New Jersey, you know? Let me rephrase that. I never thought I'd be finishing out my ministry life. I have no intentions of finishing my life in the great state of New Jersey. Amen? I'm going back to the promised land one day. Uh, But here's the truth. Here's what we come to learn. God's way is always the best way. Right? We sing it, right? God's way, it's the only way. For me. You got expectations, you got desires, we all do. But you know what you come to find out? God's way really is the best way. It's the only way. So what do we do? I'll tell you what we do. We just hold on. We just hold on. Put that last slide up if you would, guys. Because God will make a way. Right? Trust in the Lord with, and lean not, and all thy ways acknowledge Him and he shall direct thy paths. Sometimes you just need to hold on, right? Blessings on this way.
0: Thanks again for watching us online today. If you haven't done so already, please fill out a digital connection card so we know how to better serve you this week. For encouragement throughout your week, you can listen to past sermons by searching Open Bible Baptist Church on the Apple Podcasts or Google Play Store. If you'd like to give today, you can give online at openbiblenj.org. Thanks again for joining us today. We'll see you on the next broadcast.